Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes, well, they must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Get 20% off free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. Five years ago, Netflix gave us a look into an entirely different angle of college football, the junior college football scene, when they burst onto the scene with a brand new show called Last Chance U, based at Eastern Mississippi Community College. Last Chance U focused on the in-between player, the player looking to get back to a Division I scholarship, some kids who had fallen on hardships, and some kids who were looking to make a break for the first time. Last year, Netflix took Last Chance U to Laney College right here in our own front yard in Oakland, California. Those guys that have the spirit to maybe sleep in their car to play football, they're going to make it. They're going to go on to, to make something of themselves because you have to be a little bit resourceful. You have to figure things out on your own. They have to try harder. And that's Oakland. They followed head coach John Beam, who's been a football coach in the Bay Area here for over 40 years, as he attempted to lead his state champion 2018 Laney College Eagles back to the state playoffs in 2019. He's got to deal with things like scholarship offers. He's got to deal with issues like players not having homes. He's also got to deal with social justice problems that are going on right here in the Bay Area. This is a conversation I am really looking forward to. It's Monday, August 10th. It is my pleasure now to welcome to the podcast the head coach and athletic director at Laney College, the Laney College Eagles. You see him on Netflix on Last Chance U. It's head coach John Beam. Coach, it's great to have you on the podcast, man. Thank you. We call it Best Chance, First Chance. I think that's an important distinguishing note to put out there because if, if anybody has seen any of the previous seasons, and I've seen all of them, I was thrilled when I heard Netflix was coming to Laney because I was excited to have it right here in our backyard, but you guys are completely different than any school we've seen on the show before. Absolutely. No scholarships, no dorms, no meal plans, right? These are kids that grew up in the community. They probably grew up listening to what you guys have to say. They went to school with many of you probably. And they have the same struggles, right? How to get on public transportation, get kids to school, go to work, right? It's a whole different viewpoint. The fun angle of this is that it's a totally different angle on college football and that if you're at a D1 school, a lot of these guys have the goal of going pro. Some of them, you know, they're looking to graduate, of course, or get into coaching. But a lot of these kids have different goals. If you're a junior college, like you may be, you know, trying to finish school, you may be trying to get to a a D1 school, maybe get out of where you are to a next step. Where is it for you that you find that balance in knowing that some guys are trying to get a scholarship, some kids are trying to advance their lives and stay in school, and yet you're trying to, to run a winning program? We want young men that can come in and play, but understand that we want to get you out. This is just a stepping stone, right? So whether you want to be a firefighter or a policeman, right, you can be a law enforcement, you can come in and get certified, get certificates and move out, right? 
you want to continue on and go to college and get get a BA or a BS, you definitely want to push that. And we've only had one or two do it during my 16 years. We also are culinary, and then we also do cosmetology. We haven't had anybody go to cosmetology, but our women have to that. And I think that's the idea, right, that there's so many avenues. Look, with all that's going on in the world today, we need to understand that we've got to have change. And a vehicle of change is education, and that's what we provide. And the other part about this is, and I thought this was, was interesting, is that being that we're in the Bay Area here, this is the first time we've been really out of the South for college football. We saw this happen at Kansas in previous seasons at Last Chance U. We saw it at Eastern Mississippi Community College. But here in the Bay Area, California, really, with the JUCO system, is completely different as far as there are no scholarships. You're getting kids who maybe this is their first chance and their best chance to try to get to a D1 program rather than maybe a kid who has fallen off because he made a mistake at a school and is trying to get back. Remember, these kids are working, right, to pursue their dream. Their dream isn't just handed to them. And so when I have this conversation with recruiters, I said, look, yeah, you can take the kid from Kansas or Mississippi, and they're good players, no doubt. My guy's hungry. Not only is he as good, but he's been paying his own way to come to school and working every day. What's he going to look like when he doesn't have to do that? What's he going to look like once he gets on a meal plan, right? It's a big difference. And so you'll see our guys, when I see them when they leave, they come back in a year, two years. Oh, my God, the bodies have transformed. They've got three solid meals a day, protein, drinks, the whole nine. <laughs> and so it makes a big difference. And their school gets easier, right, because they're not worried about school, study table, and then having to go work a four-hour job, right? Everything is better once they eat. That's what we try to show to the country, to the world, but also to our kids when we recruit them every day. I think if you go back to like the Rocky movies, they call that the eye of the tiger, right? Rocky, he's, he's training at the Philadelphia Convention Center, right? He's getting kisses on the cheek. He loses the hunger, right? He's got to stay hungry. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny because that hunger is what makes Oakland so dynamic. You said you grew up in East Bay. Look at all the talent that comes from this small city, right? You know, it's just phenomenal because the folks here are hungry. They're ready to show the world what they can do. They are not afraid of competition. They're not afraid of work. I think there's a quote about, you know, the hustle. And I talked about it all the time, man. you, you got to be on a hustle. And they are hustling to get moving. It's the hunger, but it's also being the East Bay sort of in the, I don't want to even call it the shadow of the city. It's unique to the city. And I think the show did a great job of sort of doing the differences between that. That I think Adam Robinson, your receiver coach at one point says, you know, that's the fine dining and the seafood dishes. And then you come back to the East Bay and you get your taco trucks. But that's important to you. Oakland and those roots are important to you, right? We call it the town for a reason, right? You know, I was at Skyline for 22 years. We were the team. I mean, we didn't lose in the, I didn't lose in the 90s. I mean, there's only one team that had a better record, and that was De La Salle, right? And they had their own advantages. When I came to Laney, we were getting beat by City all the time. Well, now we beat them five times in a row. We flipped the script, and that's why we're so proud of, you know, we talk about the town, we talk about Laney Bill. We're doing it with local kids. In the past, other colleges in California because have lived on out-of-state guys. When we won the state championship, we had like six out-of-state guys. I think two of them actually had came from the Bay Area to start with, but then their families moved them out and then they came back to play. So we firmly believe that we are a community college and we thrive on it. You hit on the De La Salle note there. That's incredible because I was a Catholic school kid. I went to private school in Hayward, and we had schools in our conference. That was the HAAL when I was in high school. But we were a, a Catholic school that were playing against kids like, you know, from Logan or from Mount Eden or Tennyson, and they're breaking up these schools, whereas schools like De La Salle, like you're talking about, they can grab kids from all over the place, not just in their own backyard. 
I mean, you look at kids that are on the roster come from on this side of the bay, from Oakland, Berkeley, you know. You cannot deny that the work that they do, the, the effort that they put in, they're phenomenal. But I tell this story. We had this kid, Javari Anderson. He grew up right here in West Oakland in Acorn. And then he went to Frick, where I taught junior high. And then everybody told him, well, you have to leave Oakland to go better. So he went to De La Salle. And after playing at De La Salle, he did out because he was a little short on some academics and he didn't get a scholarship. So he comes back to Oakland, plays for us for two years, full ride to UCLA. All right? He graduated already from there as a, you know, a kid from West Oakland, came back to Oakland, and then has a UCLA degree now. And that's what we live on. You know, again, the model, Laney Build. I think you've heard Adam say that many of times. It's a great phrase. It's a great term. And so I wonder about that. When you do the recruiting process here and, and the, the season ends with you kind of talking about we're weeding out the guys who aren't here, we're weeding out the guys who are not the players of the caliber that we need or don't have that work ethic that we need. How do you find that? How do you find kids and say, look, you maybe weren't good enough to go play D1 or maybe not even D2 yet, but I see the skill set in you. I see the hunger. What do you do? How does the recruiting process? Tell me all your secrets, coach. <laughs> what I think the key is that you got to believe in them. And I tell them I believe in you. If you're willing to put in the work, then let's go. I, we can work together and build this thing, right? But it takes work. And I think people don't understand that, right? There's a lot of work that goes into becoming a Division One player, Division Two player, whatever it is, right? But it also takes a lot of work in the classroom. We're going to hold you accountable. If you can't be held accountable if you don't want to do that, then Laney's not the right place. And I'm okay telling kids that maybe you shouldn't come here. And, you know, like I think a lot of the comments have been, well, I'm still old school, but trying to be new school. And it is a difference. But we need to hold people accountable to whatever the standard is. We set a line, this is where we got to be. If you're below the line, maybe this is not the right place. And we got to hold it. And I'm, I'm pretty honest when I talk to recruits about it. You know, this is what we want. And I think the kid that listens to that, that hears that, family that hears it, that they get that. Plus, I tell them, I'm not going anywhere. So when you commit to John Beam and Laney College, it's a commitment for life. I'm going to be there for you when you're in your 40s. 50s, whatever it is, right? I'm going to be there to help you move on. I enjoy that part of my job. When you think about a coachable kid like that, a kid who's willing to, to fit that mold, and I think there's some arrogance to it when a kid knows he's good or when a kid knows he's ranked. I think about Rajon Wright. Like, he has some swagger. He played for you. He was a top defensive cornerback, ranked that. I think he came out of Logan and then played for you, and now he's transferred on to Oregon State. But he has a little bit of swagger, but there's a point where he's in his car on his commute to Laney, and he's talking about how I know that he'll tell me when I'm not good enough. I know that Beam is honest with me, and I need to hear that. Some kids are a little softer about the cursing, or you need to be calloused and be able to be coachable but are you able to scope that out with a kid or do you look for those types of kids who are willing to be moldable they are and the deal is that coaching is an art form right it's not a science it's an art you got to know how to pull the strings you got to know how to reach each individual right and the better you are at the better your team will be and you're not always successful right but with ray the thing that i think set ray up for me was him and his brother shawnee was that after their father was shot killed i was over there i wasn't talking about playing football I was talking about what will your father want you to do in school? Would he want you just sitting here doing nothing all day long? Or would he want you to live and live the life that he had expectations for you? And that's what we shared. And then, you know, with Ray, and here's the thing. Sometimes you can berate a jump on kid in front of everybody and it's okay. But sometimes you need to do it in your office, right, where it's quiet. Because it does crush them sometimes. And like I tell the kids, you know, I will always be honest, but it could be brutally honest. You may not want to hear what I have to say, but I'm going to tell it. But what I have to learn is where to tell them, right? Sometimes it has to be in the office. Sometimes it's out on the field with everybody. Sometimes it's just put my arm around and whisper in their ear, man. 
That's bullshit. You got to do a better job. You know you're better than that. So that's the part as a coach, that's the, the artistry that comes into it. And now a quick word from Indochino. Your relationship with your wife, I think, is huge in this uh, as well. And talking about the communication, seeing you guys on your walks every morning. And I've got a, a long-term relationship and looking at that and, and admiring that and, and how you guys have gone through that battle together. But that's about your evolution as a man and as a coach on the field and off the field. And I look at you and I say, over 40 years of coaching in a, in a town like this with predominantly, it's a group of minority kids. I mean, you talk about this with the social justice stuff. I want to get into that with the show. But you've probably had to take on dozens, if not not, you know, hundreds of different roles as a man and as a coach and in talking about how you work with Ray, how you work on the field with kids, how you work as an educator. You've been across the board, it seems like, Coach. You know, I started out teaching junior high East Oakland, right, at Havens Gordon Strip, two of the toughest junior highs. And I tell everybody, you can teach there, you can reach the kids there, you can reach anybody. But the first thing you have to understand is that these are diamonds. You know, some people consider less disadvantaged youth people of color, our throwaway kids. I don't see them that way. I see them as diamonds, man. We got to show them that they are diamonds, right? I got to believe in them. Once I believe in them, they can believe in themselves. My walks with my wife, it, it's been tremendous, right? She helps me a ton. And, and in shows, sometimes I try to democracy play it off. Well, that's Cindy, not me. But really, it is me because of her. She's helped change me as a coach and as a human being to work in this community. And I think, like it's shown with Kevin Parker, who speaks in the show, and, and you know, Kevin went to the University of Oregon, worked at Cal. But he said, seeing Coach and Mrs. Bean together growing up showed me, and his and him, what a family's supposed to look like, right? Two caring people that are willing to look out for other folks. And that's my wife brings that to the table for me to help kind of guide me. Think of it as a plumb line. And sometimes you get off center. Well, she always helps me get back to center. And that's the duty of our walks in the morning to help me center back up before I go on to the, the job at hand. You know, and I, I genuinely, I feel that, man. When you watch the show, it, it really does feel like you can see that you've got that center, that you almost need that to kind of kick you off right, to be at a, at a level head to start your day off. I want to talk just briefly about the just sort of social justice for a minute, just because of, of everything going on in the world, everything going on in the country. You know, there's a lot of white football coaches across the country who sit on couches and, and recruit kids and try to get African-American kids to come play for their schools. And I'm watching this documentary and I see that this is in 2019. We know about the racial injustice that goes on across the country. But even before what has happened currently with George Floyd and in light of that murder, you've got a police officer there, an African-American one talking to young black men about about how to handle themselves and about what the differences are for how police look at black men versus what they look at with white men. And I'm wondering, how long have you been doing that? How prominent is that to you in your mind? And how big of an issue is that do you try to take on as a football coach with these kids on your team is these diamonds you're talking about? So I've been doing that since my skyline days. I've always had police officers on my coaching staff. In fact, there's a coach on my staff now. Most of them don't know he's a leader captain in OPD, right? But he just is a coach. And so what I want people to understand, I try to explain to young people, is this. There's a person behind that uniform. Get to know the person. When I talk with the police, right, that's why I try to tell them, look, that guy out there, that young man or young woman, he's a person. Get to know him. Don't just look because you see his pants hanging or his hair a certain way or maybe he's wearing a certain color. Man, dude, learn who he is, right? There's more to each other. If we can start to do that, we can grow. So like I said, I had these coaches from the time I was at Skyline, and kids just knew him as Coach Mario or Coach whatever. And then they beat him on the street. Go, oh, shit, you know, he's a police, right? 
And then they start to work and help each other. But again, just learning about who we are as individuals and not try to paint us with this broad, broad brushstroke. And if we can learn that, I think it, it'll be big. When I first started coaching, and I'll go to clinic and I speak, and everybody goes, you're coaching all these black kids. How does that work for you? You know, How does that work in this, your community? You're not from there. You, know, you don't quite look like them. I mean, you're a man of color, but you're not quite black. How does that work? I said, you know what? These kids don't know if you're black or white. What they know is that when you do what you say, they call you at 2 in the morning and they need help. Will you get out of bed and go help them? If the answer is yes, that's all they want to know, right? So many people in their lives have disappointed them, no matter what their color is, right? They promised to do A, B, and C, and they did none of it. I only promise what I can keep, you know, and so when I say I'm going to promise it, I'm going to do it, and I've done it. I mean, we, I had a conversation with one of the kids that called me during this time when the show came out and goes, Coach, remember when you came and got me at 3 in the morning and kept me out of jail? Yep. And what did I do the next day? He said, you ran my ass forever. Exactly. And I did show up at 3 when he called me. And that's the key. I'm a black kid from San Leandro, and I was you know, lucky enough to go to a private school and have both parents in a household that took care of me. But a lot of these kids don't. And, and having that kind of leadership, I think, at school and on the football field, I think it changes kids. I really do think it molds kids. And I think that is extremely evident in this show. You do a great job of it. I want to hit on one more thing here before we let you go. And that's that you're not just the head coach. You're the AD. You're in charge of everything going on as far as sports go. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I know that the football season has been punted for uh, uh, sort of facetiously saying that to the spring of 2021. But how are you guys handling everything just as a coach, as an AD, as an administrator? How's the school situation for you guys? So instead of me being on the field, moving and shaking with kids, I'm sitting in a chair on a computer, zooming and look, reading reports <laughs> around the country about how to deal with COVID and bring us back, right? I'm reading reports from medical experts looking and learning about testing, you know, how to put protocols together, what's the best way to disinfect something, what does social distancing truly mean? And then trying to put a plan together. I think we have a great plan because I have some great people I'm working with, but it's fluid. What we started in March, we've been meeting, you know, every week to where we're at now, it changed, and now it's changing again because we have this new spike. It's been incredible, right? It's, it's been a challenge, but I, I love the challenge to do it. But it's still a challenge in the sense of we have to be able to understand, and I'm not a proponent. I still want to make sure everybody's safe, but we have to weigh safety of people's mental health as well as their physical health. And I worry about the mental health of young people right now. And all people, we need to socialize in certain ways. We need to have certain feedback. We need to be able to exercise and do some different things. And so I'm not sure exactly how to do it, and I'm not saying that we should go going back, but I think that's the issue for me I'm worried about is the mental health side for student-athletes right now. Yeah, and I think that's stuff we're not, we may not know the ramifications of for, for a little bit of time just because we don't know uh, what's going to happen or how long it's going to be till everybody can get back to social norms, right, of being around each other. Last thing before I let you go, Coach, I want to know, you're a great motivator. You're a, an awesome coach. You wouldn't be doing it if you weren't uh, for 40 years if you were not. You're a great inspirational dude. You're also someone who can light a fire. You're talking about picking kids up in the middle of the night and then, and then chewing their ass or running their ass the next day. How about my interview skills, man? Anything you want to you wanna chew me out for? Anything uh, you can get my ass for? You know what's so interesting is that you come with energy when you're talking, right? Because I'm feeding off your energy. I notice my voice level is getting up, right? <laughs> and the questions that you asked and you tied in the East Bay where you grew up, you know, you threw in my boy Adam. That is phenomenal for Adam. So, you know, you show some hometown love, right? 
And so that's cool. Now, you didn't shout out the town or nothing. You didn't ask me for my clap. But outside of that, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, man. I did love when you shouted on 580 Freeway. I grew up off Estadillo Avenue in San Leandro. So when you were talking about the dividing freeway 580, I'm like, bro, that's my freeway, man. I know that. That's good stuff. Seth, and you got the, the Bayo Vista above you, right? Below, that's right? it. Bayo Vista swimming, tennis. My dad's still up there. Yeah, Bayo Vista. The Bay Area is a phenomenal place to grow up, right? It's a phenomenal place to be a part of. Right? The energy's here. Even in this pandemic, there's good energy out right now. Fantastic stuff, Coach. We really appreciate the time, man. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep inspiring young people. And keep it up at Laney College, man. Oakland needs more people like you. The world needs more people like you. So keep after it, man. Thank you. And you too. You keep doing what you do. Love you, brother. Take care. Awesome conversation with Coach Beam. If you're a football fan and if you have not checked out Last Chance U, I would recommend watching each and every one of the previous four seasons or just a couple of the other seasons and then go in to watch the Laney College one. Make sure you get the Laney College viewing in because it is exceptionally different from what you see at Eastern Mississippi Community College, which is where the first couple seasons occur, and then Independence Community College, which is in Kansas, which is where the next couple seasons happen. Those coaches, their philosophy, and the style at which they're allowed to do things are far different than what Coach Beam has done at Laney College. The fact that he's been a head coach here in the Bay Area and a coach in Oakland for over 40 years is really, really special. So really want to thank Coach Beam for doing this with us today and hope that uh, they're able to get a football season. And I know things aren't uh, as they hope for this fall, but they have kicked their no pun intended, or pun intended, have kicked their 2020 football season to the fall of 2021. Thank you to our guy Brian Smith, our producer who made this happen, tracking down Coach Beam through Netflix and through Laney College. Thank you to Netflix, and thank you to Laney College for helping make this happen, and thank you to you, the listeners. We love getting a variety of different sports stories from around the Bay, so share it with your friends. Available wherever it is you get your podcast. please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We really do appreciate it. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the weeks ahead. More baseball as we've now got, what, just about five weeks till the MLB trade deadline and just about that long until we are done with Major League Baseball season. A 60-game campaign. Teams are about 20% of the way through the season and just under a month until the NFL gets started. Plenty more coming up. We hope you'll stick with us. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.